It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back with you, Tail Bar City Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Evan Blant back with us here on Hale Varsity with the Omaha World Herald. Evan uh, never stops, be it uh, offers or visits or portal movement. How's your phone? How's your beeper? How's your pager? Because I'm sure you have uh, all three working. I'm sure you don't have two of the three, but you get what I'm saying, man. You're always locked in. Man, if I had a beeper, um, <laughs> what a world this would be. Yeah, that that's that's changed quite a way. If the transfer portal existed in like 1993, mm-hmm. uh, what would that be like? But no, it's uh, it's been. It has. It's been crazy. It, it, you know, you talk about uh, Matt Rule and his introductory press conference. That feels like it was like two months ago with all the action that's happened since then. But um, I mean, by my count, they've made more than well more than fifty offers to players in twenty twenty three and future classes. Transfer portal. Uh, the staff's still coming together. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on. You have another official visit weekend here coming up, and uh, it's it's a really it's a fascinating time for a program with a new staff because you have to balance a sort of college football's version of the draft by bringing in high school prospects and their version of free agency when you have the transfer portal. And I just think it's, it's going to be fascinating to see what kind of a balance Nebraska strikes because it wants to be a developmental program. It, that, it wants to have that as its emphasis and its identity under Matt Rule. And so if that's the case, how heavily do you lean in on portal transfers who might be here for a year or two. Um, certainly they are offering some of those players, but they're not going maybe as heavily into that at this point as, say, Nebraska did a year ago when it had to win now. So a lot's going on. It's going to be a while until the dust settles, but it's been kind of fun to see some of these early trends emerge. I don't think you can talk about additions without first talking about departures, because I think there still needs to be a few more departures from this Husker football program to to free up roster spots. And as we get into to uh, finals week here for UNL. I expect a few more of those to be forthcoming here in the next couple of days as guys realize, you know, it's the end of the semester. I can start looking ahead to, to my future. But how many more guys do you think there need to be in the portal to, to free up roster spots for what Matt Rule wants to do? Well, yeah, I mean, that's they're up to 11 scholarship departures, I think 15 overall now when you account for walk-ons. I mean, I, I certainly think they'll be north of 20 by the time you get to – next semester and you know i think that's the thing that's worth remembering is like the the portal timeline is different than what people are used to with traditional high school recruiting because if you're a high school kid most schools not all but but most want you to sign in what is now this early signing period december 21st this year and then you have some that finish out in february but for the transfers i mean the portal only opened 
like nine days ago. And so this thing extends into mid-January, really the only deadline that they have, whether deciding to enter the portal or to end, end up somewhere else, is when do classes start next spring for your future home? Like, that's that's really all that they're uh, having to worry about at this point. And, and if they don't want to make the, the move by the spring, then, then heck, they could wait and, and enter the portal in May and transfer over the summer. You see that, too. So, uh, it's a very, it's a very extremely fluid situation. Um, yeah, again, I think you'll see players leave in January as, as maybe more coaching changes occur and the rest of the staff at Nebraska fills out. And so there's just, there's so many things still up in the air. I, you know, I think it's worth noting that you think about Nebraska's um, biggest two ads last year were, were Casey Thompson and Trey Palmer at this time a year ago, they weren't even in the portal yet. So I mean, it's certainly with the additions and the departures, it's a it's a moving target. Um, I mean, and even when you go in, you don't know if you're going to come back out at the same school the way Jamari Butler just did, the edge rusher for the Huskers. So, um, yeah, a lot lots going on. But I, w- I would expect when it's all said and done, when you talk about just the nature of the portal in today's college and a new coaching staff, that you'd see that would be well above 20. Evan Bland is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Evan, you talk about player deadlines who are in the portal and when they want to be at a school of their choice. But what about a coach deadline? When do you think Matt Rule wants to have his roster set, maybe not in stone, but pretty much sure of what he's going to have in 2023? I mean, the sooner the better, right? Like, you look at what the openings are. You're going to need a receiver's coach. You need a linebacker's coach still. And then you can kind of go a couple different directions with that last spot. Uh, you know, the, the, there have been the reports that Jake Peets might have come back from the NFL to coach quarterbacks, and that didn't work out. So you could hire a quarterbacks coach as that third guy, or you could assign that to Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator, who's done that before, and bring in a, a tight ends coach specifically. So you have a little bit of flexibility there. Um, you know, when you get to this point and you don't see – a staff filled out, you know, there are a number of reasons why that could be one of them being that they're still looking for who that person could be. I think another more likely reason, uh, at least for some of those spots for Nebraska is that uh, other seasons are still going on, particularly at the NFL. So you talk about all these staffers that have come in with Matt rule connections. Most of them have come from, and he still has a number of, of people on that staff who he was, uh, who he hired there, who he's worked with, Previously, um, you know, I think you could probably name two or three guys who would be possible candidates to come down um, and fill those spots, too. So we'll see how it goes. Sometimes you're in the NFL, you want to stay in the NFL. I think a lot of that will depend on, uh, you know, when you talk about Carolina's situation specifically, what they do. Coach Steve Wilkes, if he's retained, and he, he sounds like he's maybe gained a little bit of momentum to do that with what the Panthers have done lately, maybe that changes some things, too. But this thing will be fluid. Um, you know, if you if you were to rush to make a hire, the motivation would be to do that by early signing period. I think we're we're far enough along now that you don't need to force it for that reason. So I would imagine that you know you, you finish out the, this portion of the recruiting cycle. You get into you get through the holidays into January when the NFL regular season ends, uh, and at that point, I think you'll probably start to see a little bit more clarity and resolution. Evan Bland is with us here, and Evan. Do you think Matt Rule will appease Husker Nation and bring in a dedicated fullbacks coach? <laughs> Do you think that would appease Husker Nation? I wonder. 
I, I don't know if that'd be the, the smartest use of resources. Uh, maybe you fold that in with a running backs coach or something. Maybe maybe EJ Barthel can uh, can add that to his list of duties. But I don't. It, I mean, that's a great question. If you look across college football, does any Division One college football program have a dedicated fullbacks coach? I, I would love to know the answer to that. I've got a name, and he's in Northern California. He wore number forty-four. And he just retired after 30-plus years with the NFL, and he can still line up and, and, and do work on a linebacker or bust one for a, a touchdown run. Uh, well, Tom, Rathman. Tom Rathman, you know? Yeah. Get, get, get old Tom Rathman back in here, part of that Nebraska backfield with the Niners. Evan, when we talk about position groups, Nebraska needs to be heavy where, be it portal or – uh, of course, uh, when it comes to, the, to to high school signees. Well, I don't know that you can look at Nebraska's roster anywhere and say you feel good about about this spot or that spot. I think you're you're going to need to have as much talent as you can at every spot. Now, what's interesting to me about the portal is history has shown, even in just the last cycle or two, that there are some spots that you can turn it around quickly. And there are other spots where it's a lot more difficult to do that. And so you think about um, the receiver spot right now, right? Like that's a spot Nebraska clearly needs help on. I mean, you look at who, who potentially could be back. It, it might just be Washington and Alante Brown as like your, your regular contributors who are back. Everybody else um, has either entered the portal or, or run out of eligibility or what have you. Um, but, but you look at Nebraska's history there, they've added Smory Toure two years ago. He's in the NFL. Trey Palmer comes in last year, sets school records. He's going to be in the NFL. Uh, just the sheer number of, of skilled players at that position would tell you that you can add some impact players at that spot. So I think that's you've seen that that's a, a position that Nebraska continues to offer. I think safety is another one, or, or defensive back in general. Um, yeah, there was a, a player who entered the portal yesterday uh, by the name of Deuce Chestnut, who's out of Syracuse. He was an all ACC player under Tony White, who's now at Nebraska as the DC. So like guys like that see potentially making that shift over the harder spots would be along the lines. Um, for one, there just aren't as many quality offensive or defensive linemen that enter the portal. And for two, if they do, they're extremely hard to get. I mean, Nebraska, you look at a Johnny Cornelius, who, who was out of Rhode Island, who Nebraska actually got to visit last weekend. He has he had an, an offer from Ohio State today. He has Georgia. He has all these top schools that it's, it's really difficult to get a quality offensive lineman out of the portal. So that would tell you that, in general, you're going to have to rely on your high school recruiting to develop those lines. And I think Nebraska's done that. I mean, you look at how their 23 class is coming together, uh, it seems likely that they're going to bring in five offensive linemen, which is a pretty big number for a class, especially in the in the portal era. So I think they're working it through that way. Um, but again, generally speaking, I think if you're trying to build through the portal, the skill position players and, and quarterback potentially are ways that you could do that quickly. And if you're talking about the lines of scrimmage, your your best bet is to, to – identify those players, develop them, and then keep them in your program moving forward. That makes a ton of sense uh, when it comes to that, uh, that foundation. It's, it's a, uh, as we've called it here a long time, almost all fall and beyond, it's not microwave, right? You, uh, <laughs> you pour that concrete, let it dry, and, and then you, you put up a sweet uh, two-story. <laughs> but uh, first things first, got to get those lines of scrimmage. Uh, on, on the defensive side of the line, a, uh, a gut feel – 
or maybe you just have a crystal ball with Garrett Nelson, Ty Robinson, Colton Feast. I mean, I, I think it's important for Nebraska to, even in year one of the rule era, to have uh, some some experience, and, and you need experience. And who knows what White's defense will actually look like. It'll adapt and adjust to who they're facing. But, man, having guys that have played a lot of football back, those three I just mentioned, would be big. Do uh, you think those guys are open to – to stick it around, do you think they might be wondering? I do. I, I do think they're open to sticking around. I mean, Nelson and Feast in particular are Nebraska kids, grew up loving the program. Uh, they, they strike me as the kind of guys who would commit to being a Husker as opposed to playing for whichever coach might be there. Um, you know, Nelson in particular is interesting because a standard – college football career he's already had it he's been you know a a full contributor for four seasons and and he's only faced with a decision because of that pandemic season and so does he feel like now's the time to turn pro uh do you do you run it back one more time i don't think that he would transfer i think it would be either turn pro or, or or come back once more as a husker um and then you've got uh you know ty robinson too who I think wore it all. He left it all out there on the field this season. And in the times that I spoke with him, I mean, he felt very emotionally invested with what they were doing. Um, you know, he's somebody who, who I, who could enter the portal. And I think if he did, he would get a lot of interest from other schools, but I don't know that he's ready to, to necessarily move on either. And then the other piece of that is we don't, as we already said, we don't know who the linebackers coach is going to be. So I think that would be of something of particular interest to, someone like Nelson to know who your position coach is going to be. Uh, you would think all those guys would be in communication with Tony white about how they could fit into a three, three, five and what that might look like. I think Ty Robinson especially would be a guy that you could throw in there as a nose in, in, in one of those sort of situations. He's probably their best candidate to be uh, that sort of player for Nebraska next season. So a lot of decisions to be made there. Um, but I, if I were to, you know, uh, put money on it or, or be a betting guy, I'm not. But if I were, uh, I would say the chances are pretty good that we could see two or even all three of those guys back next year. Evan, do you have a read on, on Ernest Houseman? Is he gone? It sure seems that way. Um, I mean, it was a surprise when he entered. We saw that he visited Iowa last weekend. Um, you know, it, it's tough to say sometimes what guys' motivations are because, you think about when you enter the portal, usually if it's not because of a coaching change, the primary motivator would be playing time. And as we saw uh, late in the season, Ernest Houseman showed he was earning some playing time. He was making plays and closing on quarterbacks and explosive and all that. And uh, it was probably a little bit more surprising because uh, he went to Columbus and has been an in-state guy and followed Nebraska. But, uh, you know, again, sometimes you just don't know. Guys want to – experienced something different. Uh, maybe they were especially close with their position coaches. You know, Barrett Rude did a good job working with Ernest and, and being with him through that recruiting process. So you never say never, but it, it does not to me appear at this time that he would be uh, likely to come back to Nebraska. More with Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald coming up here on Hale Varsity Radio. Just a quick answer to Sal's question. In the stream, can always watch Hale Varsity with the Hale Varsity YouTube channel and on Twitter with ESPN Lincoln and the uh, Hale Varsity Radio at H Varsity Radio uh, Twitter handle and the ESPN Lincoln Facebook quarterbacks that are 
portaling right now. DJ Ugalili from Clemson will buy a vowel next time. Brennan Armstrong uh, visiting Wisconsin. Keaton Slovis, he's been to 47 schools already. <laughs> but uh, he is uh, going to visit Oregon State. Hudson Carr, TC and Notre Dame have been on, on his list. Sims, of course, uh, visited Nebraska. Uh, the uh, Georgia Tech quarterback, just some names there. As uh, you also think of Devin Leary, Notre Dame, Auburn, UCLA, and South Carolina, Oregon, Kentucky. They've uh, officially reached out. Uh, Austin Reed, uh, Western Kentucky. I still think Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State. I said it, yes, I think, like two he, weeks ago. I think that name is really, Wisconsin, really Wisconsin, Florida, Notre Dame for, for Spencer Sanders. Graham Mertz, no thank you. Moving on. <laughs> Drew Payne, the quarterback from Notre Dame. Uh, Kion Drones, former Baylor quarterback. Hale Varsity continues with Evan Bland. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Evan Bland back with us here on Hale Varsity with the Omaha World Herald. Evan, the Almighty has thrown boatloads of snow. So travel I-80 West to dare say Boulder is hard. That said, Malachi Coleman wants to go hang out with Coach Prime. Flipped his visit from Michigan to to Dion. You got a team in the college football playoff. And, and, and but he, are you arguing that God wants to keep him in Nebraska? No, I'm, I'm just saying that God, <laughs> the Almighty said that we're going to make it snow out of the panhandle a lot, <laughs> a lot. No, I, I don't. I'm not bringing the good Lord into into to recruiting. <laughs> okay, I will not do that. Uh, this close to Christmas or ever, quite frankly. But I wanted to just get your your take on Malachi and threat level. Uh, threat level is just this. Is this going to be just incident one or instance a better term? Instance one of of Coach Prime uh, and uh, and Nebraska. Well, I think it's going to depend on how the visit goes to assess some of that. I mean. Malachi Coleman, yes, he's been committed to Nebraska, and now he's not, uh, but he's not new to making the rounds. I mean, he's seen some of the top college football programs in the country. He's been wooed by many of them. And, you know, put yourself in his shoes. If you were a high school senior and, and getting ready to make a decision and, and, you know, the guy that you had attached yourself to and Mickey Joseph was no longer at that program, and then all of a sudden, hey, Deion Sanders comes and says, you want to come, come by for a visit? I mean, I'm probably going to take that visit, even if I don't intend to go there. I mean, that's, you're going to have a story to tell for the rest of your life about, about what that experience is like. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it is a situation where he goes there and, uh, you know, buys into to Coach Prime's message about what Colorado could be. Or, or maybe it's uh, just another kind of cool recruiting footnote in his journey, and he ends up at Nebraska and, um, you know, maybe, is part of the rebuild under Matt rule. So it's tough to say which way it could go. I think you can't undersell uh, what coach prime has been able to do. I mean, you think about the recruiting jobs that he was done just in getting, uh, you know, high end talent to go down to Jackson state. That's, that's not an easy, uh, an easy proposition. So now he's got a little bit bigger of a brand to recruit to, um, Ultimately, I, I don't know that it'll be enough to sway Malachi Coleman this late in the process. I think he's a relationships guy, and that's going to be hard to make up that ground. Um, but, man, it's going to be fun, I think, to hear his story about how that thing goes. Evan Bland is with us here from the Omaha World Herald. It's Hale Varsity Radio. And, Evan, 
Ohio State picked up a commitment today from a, a talented quarterback from South Dakota, Lincoln Kineholtz, and there's a lot of discussion about, well, why didn't Nebraska give this kid an offer? But I, I want to go to the fact that apparently Dylan Royale was told by Ohio State that they were not going to be picking up a quarterback in the class of 2023, and now they've done it. And is that something to watch as a Husker fan? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I, I don't know if Ohio State promised that to Dylan Raiola or not. Um, you know, typically if you're, uh, you know, one of the blue bloods in college football, you're, you're going to unapologetically stack talent and, and do that and, and find a way to win. And that's just what your, your operating procedure is going to be. So if they felt that strongly about Dylan Raiola to make that promise and now they're changing that, um, you know, maybe that could, could sort of shift a change in the winds a little bit. And uh, you could think maybe that Nebraska uh, could, could sneak its toe back in the door now with a different staff, but yet still Dylan's uncle Donovan on the, on the offensive line as the coach there. So uh, I guess you can't rule it out. Again, Dylan's plenty familiar with this place. He's been on multiple visits here. Uh, He's still a 2024 kid. Typically those, Players, especially at the quarterback position, commit in the spring before they sign, you know, eight, nine months out. So uh, I think his timeline is starting to get here. You're probably a couple months, two, three, four months away from him uh, really firming it up, whether that's staying at Ohio State or if he's going to go somewhere else making that decision. So we are in sort of a a critical time from that perspective. But, um, yeah, I mean, keep an eye on it. I I still think the the odds that he – Flips to Nebraska are pretty small, but to, to say that they're not zero at this point is, I think, interesting enough. Evan Bland with us, Omaha World Herald, and uh, be sure to follow him along at OWH uh, Evan Bland on Twitter. And uh, Evan, listen, we uh, we went a little long with you today, but man, great info, great insight as always, and thanks for giving us uh, some time today. Appreciate you guys. Good to spend time with Evan Bland here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, and uh, good insight from him. Guys, Trev laid out a lot of things last night with his radio show. And uh, are you ponying up? You're both students. One of you is a student. One's uh, a former student. But the the season tickets, the price drop, uh, more affordable, 100 bucks off pretty much, and 25% off is what it rounds up to. Uh, what's the the temperature like for you guys around Nebraska fans? I listen. We we've done at least my mother has the past few years. They'll they'll do the pick three. She'll do the pick three and try and take the grandkids, and that's really an awesome experience. It's affordable. There's been some really memorable but heartbreaking home games, and that needs to flip to memorable, great moment wins for Nebraska and. That's the charge for Coach Rule. But this first season could be difficult. You could see them improve, but the win total, and maybe we're, we're off, we're way off. It's December of 2022. But typically with the, uh, the outgoing and the incoming, it's going to take some time to, to get it right, and then you, you build from this, this year one. So I don't, I don't have a problem with the, the price drop. Is that price drop enough to – get an interesting buying market. Everyone wants to go see a Nebraska game. That's wonderful. I look at next year's home schedule. You you end with Mm -hmm. Iowa. That's good. I think Michigan comes to town. But that's about it. Uh, Well, 
I mean, they're all cool. Don't get me wrong. But as far as big name marquee, uh, those are it. It's a lighter home schedule than in past years. Well, and that's why I keep coming back to of, well, is this a, and to honor the hundred year history of Memorial Stadium or is this, you know what? We've been pretty worried about this uh, this whole sellout streak over the past couple of years, and I'm not sure what, what games are going to be selling season tickets next year, so let's lower the price because I, I remember growing up, what my family used to do is we'd pick one game a year uh, of the, the seven you'd get, and you'd, we'd sell one game. One game would be sold, and if it was a good enough game, uh, we sold the, the Texas game one year back in the day. What? And, uh, the thing was, was you could bump up the price of those tickets, and you could pretty much pay off your season tickets with one game. So and, and, I, and the, the game of the year. <laughs> I did not willingly go along with this. I should add. I should add. I was kicking and screaming the whole time, saying, <laughs> "Who cares? This is the best game of the year. Why would we go to all the crappy games and only go to the good game?" I will say though, we were not alone in Memorial Stadium in doing that tradition. And you look at this year and you go, "Which games are sellable this year?" Uh, let's run through the home schedule. Northern Illinois, not that sellable. Michigan is probably the best. Louisiana one. Tech, not that sellable. Michigan. This is probably going to be a blowout. Could it be a good game I mean, to sell? Sure. Could Nebraska also be walking into that game at 3-3 three and three against Michigan, who's undefeated at 6-0, and oh, and everyone goes, well, this is going to be a blowout. This, this, is, this is your flip-the-script moment. Potentially. And then you have Wisconsin at home, too. But it's a new head coach. Forgot about the Badgers. It's, it's fickle at home. First, uh, first year head coach at Wisconsin, that is. And you don't know how good Wisconsin's going to be, so who knows. And then Maryland and Iowa. Maryland it, it, subtly... It's nice that they're coming here because they're kind of hitting their stride offensively. I will just say, whenever you look at that home schedule as a whole. I take back what I said about rolling my eyes or, or doing the eye roll about this year's upcoming schedule. I take that back. The schedule's not as bad. It's not as bad as it could be, but I can understand why some fans who may have checked out over the past couple of years look at this home schedule and go, well, it's year one and there's no big dogs on the, the home schedule, so who really cares? It's just a lot of teams that are going to come beat Nebraska. I'm not going to buy the season ticket. So I, I don't think this move really, I think it's a great PR move to go say, hey, it's for the 100-year history of Memorial Stadium. I don't believe that one bit. This is a guy looking at the home schedule and seeing what's happened the past couple of years and seeing how close they've been to losing the sellout streak and going, you know what, let's lower it for one year to make sure we get butts in the seats this year and then Matt Rule will get it rolling and we don't have to worry about it moving forward. I don't know if they have to necessarily worry about it this year as much as I think people are expecting because it's year one new coach exactly right and but you've I, been through this drill before maybe well, you're a bit so jaded they, from that's that. my next point <laughs> maybe you guys saying I'm going to sit here and uh, we'll see how the spring game goes <laughs> you guys have gone through this drill a lot more than I have right because you know you've been around Nebraska football all, a lot longer all, than I have all right of it so I'm excited I don't know if you guys are excited as I am but. To go back to the home schedule, I think that we were spoiled um, the three and nine year with all those one score losses because you hosted Michigan and Ohio State in that same homestand and Iowa too, so you got the Iowa game as well. So I think that was we were kind of spoiled a little bit with that. This one isn't bad, as you mentioned. Um, you still get Michigan, you still get Iowa. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the fickle turnout is, but I don't think that that'll be huge. You have to be as concerned as maybe I think you have to be just because of the whole rule thing and, and everything. But, again, you, uh, this is like kind of like a fire drill at this point for a lot of Husker fans. It's the same old, same old. Mm-hmm. You're hearing the, uh, hearing the sound. Yeah. Now, well, well, what's going to be see, fun is, is, is Minnesota-Boulder, though. I mean, there's going to be a sea of red in Minneapolis. There's going to be a uh, – Boulder is – Boulder is going to be nuts. Boulder's going to be What fun. happens to the home schedule if Nebraska's, God forbid, 0-2 following those two games? 
what happens to, to that home slate? That this is, I'm sure, all things that are going. People are going to show mind. up and show out to see Rule get his first. Sure, sure, I guess. I but guess. but imagine just just imagine two and they're two and they're four and zero going to Michigan. Just imagine. Well, it's uh, they have Northwestern at home and then at Illinois to open up the uh, the Big Ten slate following that Minnesota one. So. <laughs> So you, you get your first Big Ten foe, it's Michigan, after two road games against a team that almost won the West. And that's what makes it even more legit. You get two Big Ten road wins plus a Pac-12 road win on the way there. Look at you. Where's your thermos <laughs> of, of Kool-Aid? Where's the dude busting through the wall? I'm us- I feel like I'm usually the pessimist, so I, I feel like I have to spread a little bit of positivity. Well, I was just going to say, on, on the flip side of things, I think Trev – instead of lowering the ticket prices, would sell out the season tickets if they just offered beer in the stadium. You could sell them full price, and I, Boom. I, I'd i be more willing to go shell out money for season tickets if I saw, ooh, I can get beer while I'm there? Okay. Sold. Plus, it's more money on top of the not, tickets. Not enough beer yet to uh, to make that move. You don't think? Your team's not bad enough to, to resort to... To giving away alcohol, <laughs> it, it's not. Have no. you seen the past four years? I, I'm gonna have to I, disagree I've, with you. I've lived it. Oh well, you, both of you are like, but look where you came from. You came from nine and four, ten and four, which looks really awesome right now, and was good. I'm not gonna sniff at that, but to to flip around to what they've been, I don't know. There's, we'll see how the recruiting finishes. What's the momentum like? How do you feel after spring game? Even though let's preface it, it's only the spring game. National champions. And, and then <laughs> you, you got recruiting, right? What do you got in the portal? You doing all right with the uh, first and second signing day? You get some linemen to stay and, and get better? Who knows? A jock doc's on the way. What's the latest with Von Miller? Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency.